Sam Farber, Hornets play-by-play announcer on the call. Sam joining us now to discuss this game. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to the official midday lineup. Congrats to both of you. Thrilled for you and uh, excited to, you know, Christian, you guys in here with a Hornets win. Yeah, I, All right. We appreciate that, Sam. I would love that. I would love for them to get a win. Now, this is a Pacers team that's a little better than expected coming into the season. They're 500. People were discussing tanking with them, whether they would trade Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. Miles Turner has been awesome. But at least Charlotte has LaMelo Ball back. I don't think it's a coincidence since he's returned that they've been able to go well past the century mark, something they struggled with when LaMelo Ball was not playing basketball for this team. How do you think he's impacted the Hornets as he's returned? No question about it. Pace of play has has gone up uh, more than a notch. It's gone up a, a few of them here with LaMelo Ball back, and that's not to fault any other guards running the show for the Hornets. It's just it's a reality when you have LaMelo. He, he just operates at a faster clip than anyone else in the game, and he's naturally just going to speed up the pace of play create more possessions, more opportunities, more open shots for his teammates and himself, and the team just can't help but score more with him on the floor. How dangerous do you think this team can be once they're fully healthy, even in the backcourt? Because it's it's a lot to ask for any NBA franchise to be fully healthy all the time, right? I mean, every team is going to be dealing with an injury or two here and there at any stretch of the season. But once they can get most guys back, maybe Dennis Smith Jr. will see if he plays tonight, listed doubtful right now. But once he comes back, and maybe it's only Cody Martin, who's going to be missing quite a bit of time after the arthroscopic knee procedure how dangerous do you think this team can be once they have most of these players returning to the lineup? Well, it, it may be a lot to ask for a team to be healthy all the time, but it shouldn't be too much to ask for them to be healthy any of the time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Hornets have just not had that at all this season. So I, I think they can be really, really good. You know, we think back to the end of last season, how it closed with the Hornets uh, having a disappointing finish in, uh, of course, the play-in tournament for a second straight year. But prior to that, they had really gotten it rolling, figured out how to win without Gordon Hayward. And prior to Gordon Hayward's injury, they were playing really, really good basketball, period, end of sentence. So, you know, you hope that uh, whatever injury bug that, that Charlotte's got, they'll have it out of their system by the time things close out. And we could be looking at a lineup that's similar to the one uh, that the Hornets had when Gordon Hayward was healthy last year. And Charlotte was really one of the better, stronger teams in the Eastern Conference. Keep in mind, when Gordon Hayward plays for this team, they're an above 500 squad. They have a playoff record. They've got high-quality wins. And historically, in the last two and a half years, when Gordon Hayward is unavailable, they're about 10 to 15 games under 500. So it's pretty transparent what the key to victory is for Charlotte. It's being healthy and hopefully... Knock on wood, they are headed in the right direction in that regard right now. Sam, Wes Bryant here. This Indiana team talking about tonight, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA, fourth to be exact. They shoot the three ball well. They rebound the heck out of, a, of the ball. What do you see when you look at this matchup tonight, Indiana, and the keys to victory for the Hornets? Well, there's a couple of things on them, and they're both headed in separate directions. Number one, the positive for Indiana you know, people looked at them as a potential tanking team. I looked at them kind of the same way people are looking at Utah right now. Like, hey, wait a minute. They they did trade away some some superstars, some all-stars in Demonis Sabonis, but they got back high-quality players in return, and they didn't send them out for draft picks. So there's some good players over there in Buddy Heald, and uh, Halliburton is questionable for tonight. We'll see if he ends up going or not. Um, but, you know, Miles Turner's still there. So they've got some talent, just a matter of, 
how quickly can it gel. So in the positive, I think they've got a talented enough team to at least be competitive for a play-in or playoff spot, depending on how things go. The other part of this is when you look at the Hornets' schedule so far, even if they had been healthy, it was going to be difficult. They've already played three back-to-backs. They've played more road games than any team in the Eastern Conference. And when you look at Indiana, they've played three less games overall, so that's a lot more rest in their schedule. And they've played more home games, despite playing less overall games, than the Hornets have to this point. So they've had the benefit of a somewhat easier schedule, and that might be part of the reason why they are doing so much better than the Hornets. I think injuries are the overwhelming thing, but Indiana has had a more beneficial schedule. That said, I think they're talented. I think Benedict Matherin has got a chance to be really special as a rookie. Um, they play a high-scoring game. It kind of reminds me of LaMelo Ball's you know, previous two seasons where Charlotte was unstoppable at times offensively but couldn't really stop anyone at times defensively, and I think the Pacers mimic that right now. And then when you look at the point guard matchup playing off of LaMelo Ball and what you were talking about with him, Tyrese Halliburton, this is one of those matchups with one of LaMelo's peers, so to speak, big matchup for him. Halliburton averaging 20 points, 10 assists. What do you see in that matchup? What do you see with these guys as far as similarities, differences in that matchup tonight? Well, Halliburton's shooting percentages have really gone up, it, it, you know, caught up and maybe exceeded the, the historical averages. LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, I think right now the, the one thing that is still coming together is his shot consistency uh, and you, you can't blame him for that. He missed the first roughly month of the season, so he's going to get back into the flow. He's an exceptional shooter. That's going to happen, but right now Tyrese Halliburton has been in a rhythm. And Again, we'll see you know what, what his uh, status is as we get closer to game time, but it seems like he is uh, more likely than not trending towards playing. Uh, that, that's the, the uh, the sense that I get from talking to the Pacer people, but we'll find out a little closer to game time. But whether he goes or not, you know, LaMelo, he just operates at a different gear than everyone else. You know, he's kind of a, a deer and fox in terms of the, the speed that he can impart on the game. The difference is Fox is just personally fast, and LaMelo makes his entire team fast, really hard to deal with the way that he moves the ball, shares the rock, gets his other players involved. Uh, he's he's just special, and we've seen it in the offensive numbers jumping since he's returned. Sam, we saw Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's recalled back to Charlotte after playing with the Greensboro Swarm for a little while. It seems like Steve Clifford is utilizing Greensboro just like James Borrego did. How important is the Greensboro Swarm and the G League um, to this organization as far as developing basketball players? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And, and you know, Bryce McGowan's is a really talented guy who's had some flashes already with the big club. But but let's be honest here. He, he's behind a lot of established NBA players. You know, it's hard to find him minutes. So to be able to go to Greensboro and play consistently, stay fresh, continue to develop at a high level on the floor, something they just can't replicate in practice, that's huge for him. And then Mark Williams, you know, even as a first-round pick, I get people want to see him out there. But we've seen the kind of numbers Mason Plumlee's posted this year. All right, He's had, I think, three double-doubles in his last four games. He's played really, really well. Uh, and then simultaneously, Nick Richards is having a fantastic start to the season and is amongst the top ten players in the NBA in field goal percentage. So both those guys are playing well. I don't know that they're going to be able to block Mark Williams the entire season, but you don't want Mark's development to be stifled because two other guys are playing really well at his position. So 
it's huge for the Hornets to be able to have that Greensboro team, uh, not just in the G League, but right up the road. You can send a guy there and, in theory, get him back the same day uh, for Hornets practice or the next morning for Hornets practice or a Hornets road trip. That's Sam Farber, Charlotte Hornets play-by-play announcer. You can listen to on 92.7 FM, the call to game tonight, the Indiana Pacers and Charlotte Hornets. Sam, thanks so much for the time, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Congrats again on the show, and hope to see everyone here at the Hive tonight because I don't think we're home again for a week. It feels like we've been on the road forever. I know that's going to change at some point, but come on out and join us at Spectrum Center tonight. should be a fun.